A panda walks into a restaurant, sits down, orders a sandwich, and uh, before they can even bring him a bill, he gets up, pulls out a gun, he shoots in the air, and he runs out. And as the panda is running away, the manager screams after him and says, Panda, what are you doing? You didn't pay for your sandwich. The panda says, yeah, that's right. I'm a panda. Look it up. So the manager takes out a dictionary, looks it up, panda, panda. Oh, there's, there's panda. What, is, what does it say? Panda, small black and white marsupial from Asia that eats, shoots, and leaves. Okay, let that soak in. Anyways, you're going to see why I told this joke. It's a joke about animals eating. Okay. Within us, we have the human, we have the animal. There's the uniquely human drive for bonding with the oneness, with the all, the everything. And then there's the part of us that is part of the animal kingdom, the, the drive for self-preservation, which is, you know, every, every living thing. And we refer to this as, as two souls. So that, that desire to be surrendered to the one, we call that the godly soul, the nephesholikis. And that animalistic desire to, to preserve the self is, is called the nephesholikis, the animal soul. Now, when it comes to the godly soul, our duty in taking care of the godly soul is to allow it to reach ever higher peaks of, of spiritual growth and, and, and awe and love of Hashem. And then we also have a duty toward the animal soul, which is to tame it, to domesticate it. We don't want to get rid of it, God forbid. It, it can become an asset, but we have to rechannel its, its wild impulses. And, and that means working within you know, our, our twists of character and our various different shortcomings and, and trying to refine ourselves so that the animal can become a beast of burden and, and actually an asset. And um, we have a duty toward both of these souls. And taking care of these two souls are sort of the staples of our spiritual diet. The question becomes, which takes precedence? Which do we need to address first? Do I, do I deal with my animal soul first and, and, and sort out my brute defects of character? And then develop love and awe of God with my godly soul? Or maybe the opposite. The argument could be made. Maybe I need to learn how to in, in, in meditate on infinity, and then I can conquer my selfishness. So the law is that you have to take care of the animal first. Where do we learn this? From this week's Parsha, Parsha's Ekev, it says, I will give you rain for your field for your animals to eat from, and you will eat and be satiated. So first the animals eat, then you, the person, eats. And that that's a halacha, that if you own an animal, you have to feed your animal before you feed yourself. But as all things in Torah, it, it operates on multiple levels. It's also an instruction to us when, when how to address our different souls. And, and, and this makes sense also in, in macrocosm, in, in, if you think about creation that the animals were created first, and then Adam. Then the human being was created. And also in microcosm, if you think about the timeline of a person's life. A person is born, he already has an animal soul, the vitality of the body, the self-preservation in instinct. You know, that's what, that's what babies are. Babies are all self-preservation. That's why they cry at three in the morning without any compunction. Right? 
And then at bar or bas mitzvah, 13 for a boy, 12 for a girl, you get the nefshel akis, you, you get the godly soul, and then you're morally accountable and you can make good choices because you're able to be selfless and altruistic at that point. So first the animal, then the godly. And in fact, in Tanya, the godly soul is called nefesh hashenis. Chapter 2, Pedic base of Tanya is ha-nefesh hashenis should be Yisrael, the second soul, right? So it makes sense to say that when we're talking about the progression in life, about our spiritual progression, our spiritual growth, is that we deal first with the animal, with, with taming ourselves, domesticating ourselves, getting all of our selfishness under control, and then we try to nourish the, 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 the godly soul and its, its penchant for, for oneness with, with Hashem. Makes perfect sense. Okay. Now, the issue is, we find what appears to be a contradiction where this pattern gets broken in Torah. In fact, in this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Akiv itself. In Parsha's Akiv, it talks about the seven species with which the land of Israel is blessed. There are two grains, staple foods, and then five uh, fruits. And without getting into the fruits, let's just talk about the two grains. It tells us that, that the land of Israel is a land of, it's an eretz, chita, that means wheat, and soira. Barley. Wheat and barley. Now, traditionally speaking, wheat is human food, and barley is animal fodder. Barley was used to feed animals. In fact, that's why, for instance, uh, the Mincha Sa'aymer, the special offering at the beginning of the, of the Sefirah Sa'aymer period, that was barley, specifically barley. Why was that barley? Because um, Sefirah Sa'aymer is a time of refining the animal soul. The time between Pesach and Shavuos is a time specifically for working with the, with the uh, character traits of the animal soul. So therefore, an animalistic offering of barley. It also says about the Saita that her offering is, is barley. Those are the two offerings that are barley. The, the Aymer and the Saita. Why? Because her behavior was animalistic behavior. So therefore, her, her uh, rehabilitation is through an offering of, of animal fodder. At any rate, the point is barley is animal food. So if we just establish that the pattern is first the animal, then the human. First we deal with the, God, uh, the, the animal soul, then we deal with the godly soul. How come then when it lists the species with which the land is blessed, it says wheat and then barley? It should have said barley and then wheat, animal, then human. I mean, everything in Torah is exact. And these patterns seemingly should be consistent. And when it's not consistent, we, we ask a question. So I'm going to try to explain all of this by way of a very interesting passage in Gemara, in uh, the Tractate of Psachim, Daf Gimel Omid Beis, at the very bottom of the, of the Omid. And this is an explanation that uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe gives of this Gemara by way of Chassidus. Uh, it's interesting, this same Gemara was explained by the Rebbe's father, the Makubal Rebbe Levi Yitzchok, who uh, was a great uh, leader during the, the, the Soviet era in Russia, and was uh, a Bamasidus Nefesh, somebody who, was, uh, who sacrificed himself for, for Yiddishkeit during the most brutal times in, in Russia for the, for the Jewish people. And he was, uh, as mentioned, a Makubal, very, very into Kabbalah. And uh, the Rebbe's father, who's, who's uh, 
Yortzeit, this Chof Av, coming up very soon, next week, he wrote a Kabbalistic explanation of this same passage of uh, Gemara, and it, that, that, that explanation can be found in his Igris, in the letters, some of the letters that were preserved in uh, Lekutei Levi Yitzchak. But here's the Rebbe's explanation uh, according to Chassidus. So the, the Gemara goes like this. First of all, a little background, context. The, the Gemara is talking in this, uh, at, this play, at, at this point about Lashen Nikia, about using euphemism, using refined language. Don't say something not nice. Say it, you know, if possible, in the, in the nicest way. So the story goes like this. There was a sage named Rabbi Yechnan Chakuka. Chakuka is a, is a place name. I guess he was from that place. And it says that Rabbi Yechnan went out of the yeshiva to go inspect the harvests among the villagers, the people who lived in the rural areas. Then he returned to the yeshiva, and the sages asked him, how is the wheat crop this year? They asked him, are the wheat crops developing nicely? He said to them, The barley crops are developing nicely. Why did he do that? Simple meaning is, in the context of the discussion of speaking nicely and not saying negative things, apparently the wheat crops weren't doing so well. They asked, are the, are the wheat crops doing nicely? He didn't want to say no, they're not doing nicely, so instead he changed the subject and said, the barley crops are doing nicely. So what happened? Amrulay, they said to him, Go and announce that news to the horses and the donkeys. What are you telling us the barley crop's doing well? Barley is animal fodder. We didn't ask you about the animal fodder. We asked you about the wheat, not the barley. Why are you changing subject? What does it have to do with the price of tea in China? You want to, you want, you want to tell somebody about how the barley crop is doing? Tell the horses and the donkeys how the barley crop is doing. And then the Gemara asks, My What should he have said if he didn't want to say that the wheat crop isn't good? But... Apparently, saying that the barley crop is good is not germane, wasn't the right answer. So what could he have said? The Gemara says, he could have said, Last year, the wheat crop was good. And then he would have avoided telling them the wheat crop now is not good, but he would have been telling them the truth, and he would have been doing it you know, in, a, in a nice way. Okay, that's the simple reading of that passage in Gemara. But now I want to tell you the Hasidic reading. The Hasidic reading starts like this, and this is very much the Rebbe's father's style, and you see how the Rebbe emulated his father's style. First of all, every detail, even a detail in a Gadata, in the homiletic portions of Talmud, is extremely important. So for instance, somebody's name, the name of a sage, is important. So the Yechne Chakuka. Chakuka is the word Chayk, which means a law. Or chakika, which means engraving. So, Rabbi Chakuka means somebody who the law is engraved within him. He's a scholar. And that makes sense, because where does the narrative start? In the yeshiva, right? It started, he's in the yeshiva, and he goes out from the yeshiva. So, Rabbi is a scholar. 
And he's in the environment of holiness, of Torah. Now he goes out of the holy environment. He goes out. He leaves the ivory, ivory tower, so to speak. And he wants to see how the regular people are doing in the, in, the, in the villages. That means the guy who's spending all of his time in a holy environment is going to go check on the regular people and see how is their service of Hashem developing. How are the regular people who are in, 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 in the regular day-to-day life, not the people who are in yeshiva all day, the people who are, who are dealing with regular life, how is their relationship with Hashem? So he went to go check on them. And when he came back to the yeshiva, they said, how are the regular people doing? How's their spiritual development? So what did he tell them? He said, I've got good news for you. So The barley crop is very good. They're doing a great job taking care of their animal souls. I see them. They're being very honest about owning up to their character flaws and, and their defects, and they're working with it, and they're trying to tame it. They're doing what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to focus on the animal soul and refining it and cleaning it and, and polishing it. And the barley crop is great. The people are very attentive to working with their animal souls. So the sages liked that. They liked that. They were excited about it. So when they heard that, they were like, wow, the people are doing really good working with their animal souls? Well, you know what? When you're on a roll, you keep going. They said, go tell the horses and the donkeys. Why, why the horses and the donkeys? Because an animal soul generally is compared to a kosher animal, you know, like a cow or a, or a sheep or a goat. But you're telling us the people are doing so well dealing with their animal souls, maybe we can go even lower. Maybe we can deal with the non-kosher animals. Sometimes if a person has a really, really dysfunctional animal soul, that could be, be, that could be compared to a non-kosher animal, like a, like a horse or a donkey. So they said, things are going so well, let's tell the horses and the donkeys, maybe this, this program of spiritual development that the masses are engaged in, this could work even for people who are dealing with very dysfunctional animal souls. And, and so they were happy about it. It was actually, they were like, uh, you know, excited about it. Okay, but then why does it say, what should he have said or could he have said? If, if he said a good thing and, they, and the sages liked what he said, so why does the Gemara say, oh, but he could have said different? Why? Here's why. Because it's true that the main thing that people are involved in is working on their animal souls. And the main thing they should be involved in is working on their animal souls. However, you have to know something. The ability to work on the animal soul and to refine it, to lift it up, it can't lift itself up. An animal soul can't lift itself up. It has to be lifted up. And what lifts it up? The godly soul. So, yeah, the main focus is we work on our animal soul. But the only reason or the only way that working on the animal soul is even possible is because you already have a godly soul. So he should have said, last year's wheat crop was good. In other words, only because we already have the wheat crop, we have a godly soul, now it's possible to deal with the animal soul. And so there you have it. There's the, there's the pattern that it's supposed to be. Yes, the main focus is on, is on animal soul and working on your, you know, more rough defects of character and your selfishness and trying to refine that. But the only reason that that's even possible, the only reason there's anything we can even do about it is because you have already <laughs> a godly soul. Which is, think about how we start our day. 
we start our day, we give thanks to Hashem. That the, or the to be nishmasi, and then you return to me my neshama. Neshama means godly soul, and then we go on to the blessings, and we say, the neshama again, the godly soul that you gave me is pure. And so the first thing we start the day with the acknowledgement, I have a godly soul. Now, the rest of the day, the focus is all on being a mensch in day to day life, which means refining the animal soul. But the beginning and the foundation, what makes everything else possible, is that there's the godly soul. So, now we really, <laughs> we understand. Yes, it's correct. First feed your animal, then feed yourself. Meaning, the priority, the emphasis in life is, first, get a healthy animal soul. Work on your defects of character and refining your selfish uh, drive. And then we work on developing the, the, the godly soul to reach higher frontiers of, of, of spiritual growth. Yes, that's true. But no, at the same time, the only reason we're able to work on the animal soul is because last year's wheat crop was good, because we, you already have a, a, a godly soul. So, now, now, now we can answer our initial question. Which is, why does the Torah, when it lists the, the different species that, that the land is blessed with, and it says barley before, or it says wheat before barley, when we'd expect it should say barley before wheat, because it's teaching us an important lesson, that, that first is wheat. First is wheat. The, the, the lifelong work and the emphasis, the bulk of our energy and our time and our, and our focus is going to be on working with the animal soul, but you should know, it's because you have a neshama. You have a godly soul. So when you wake up in the morning and you say, and thank Hashem for your godly soul, your transcendent self, realize that that's what gives you the ability then afterward to go into day-to-day -day life and try to make your animal more of a domesticated animal and to train your selfish side to become a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more, uh, a little bit more loving, a little more tolerant. But it's all because last year's wheat harvest was good. It's because we were already given the godly soul.